You're listening to the Messy Life Podcast. Each week, we bring you genuine conversations on marriage, parenting, health and fitness, faith, and all the messy spaces in between. We strive to embrace authenticity, and we always keep it real. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Messy Life Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Crawford. And I'm your co-host, Daniel Crawford. In this episode, we are going to be talking all about why personality tests are important for marriage and why you should take one today. Like right now? Absolutely right now. But first, before we carry on, I want to let you know that the Messy Life Podcast is brought to you by CleanChefMessyMom.com. CleanChefMessyMom is your go-to food and lifestyle source for clean eating and gluten-free recipes as well as authentic conversations regarding all the messy parts of life. From marriage to parenting, to faith, to all the struggles that come with living a clean and healthy lifestyle, we cover it all. Head on over to cleanchefmessymom.com for tons of resources and free downloads on all of these things. All right, so we are going to be talking all about why personality tests are important for marriage. So what is a personality test? Daniel, can you explain that? Yes. Well, I would think that most people have a concept of what personality is. Personality describes how people think, um, how they feel about the world, how they see it, interpret it, experience it. Um, And isn't it true that it's even how their their brain is wired? Yeah. Right? Permanent. Permanent. uh, Personality tends to be pretty permanent. Like even before Sadie was born we knew that she was a fairly extroverted being in this world. Um, And she stayed true to that, you know, to this day. Um, So personality is pretty permanent. Uh, But at the same time, uh, you asked me what a personality test is. There's different tests that, that are out there that you can take to help you understand your personality. Um, And there's a few of them. The first one that I ever experienced in life is called Myers-Briggs or MNTB or something like that. I'd have to look at it. Yeah, I have to look that up. Uh, Myers-Briggs is a little bit more complicated. There are 16 different personalities. And um, can I share what I am? Absolutely. So I've tested as an INFJ since I was, I think, a freshman in college. And I've taken the test like a dozen times. I've always tested as an INFJ except one time for a job interview because people tend to uh, be more extroverted in job interviews, interestingly enough, because they think employers um, want to see an extrovert. But in any case, I'm an INFJ, so I'm introverted, uh, which most people understand versus extroverted, uh, intuitive, so I kind of just know things, um, and I'm more abstract in how I see and experience my world. And I'm feeling, so I um, see things subjectively from the inside versus looking at it from the outside and being more objective about events. Um, I, I feel things personally, basically. I put myself in other people's shoes. And J stands for judging, not judgmental. But um, what it actually means is being more methodical and planned and step-by-step versus spontaneous. Um so that's Myers-Briggs, but there's other ones. There's the Enneagram. That's my personal favorite currently. So you only introduced me that 
to that this year. Yeah, and the Enneagram, you can you can find that at the Enneagram Institute. If you just Google that, Enneagram Institute, you can read all about um, the nine Enneagram types. And I personally highly, highly recommend taking the paid test for that. This is not an advertisement. I do not get paid by the Enneagram Institute to talk about this. I just am someone who spent seven months believing that I was a type that I wasn't. And I spent a lot of time investing in learning about that type and understanding that type and really trying to understand myself through the lens of that particular type, only to find out that wasn't my true type. And I feel like maybe if I had taken the paid test up front, I could have probably avoided that. But the Enneagram um, basically talks about your personality type as a number. And so there's nine numbers, one through nine. Which was really strange one day when I came home from work and she kept talking about sevens. Like, I'm a seven, blah, blah, which she's tested differently since then. Yes, but I, like, for any Enneagrammers, I there's am not like, a seven. <laughs> you're a number? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, so for anyone who is familiar with the Enneagram, you might know that... Um, the nines are peacemakers, and my husband is a nine. He won the Peacemaker Award, what grade? Like second grade or something? Something like that. My husband won the Peacemaker Award at school, and turns out he is number nine, the Peacemaker. Um, the Enneagram does divide it up, though, into nine numbers. I happen to be a number one on the Enneagram. The number ones are the ones who, <laughs> the ones who, first of all, we are first. We're the best. But second... Um, First of all, we are first. We're the best. But second, um, we are the ones who have a very strong inner critic. So we're the ones who are constantly analyzing ourselves and thinking about what we could be doing better and trying to really figure out um, just how to better ourselves, the better the world around us. We are, as someone else said, we're the ones who always have a better way to load the dishwasher. Um, and that is definitely true in our home. But one thing that's just really distinct about the Enneagram is that the Enneagram really talks about your personality um, as far as from a, from a point of view of what causes you um, to be the way that you are. So it has to do more with motivation. Yes, that's a great way to say it. Yes. So, yeah, whereas Myers-Briggs is more about how you're wired, how yes. you think and interact with your world and other people. But um, the Enneagram has more to do with your motivations, which kind of enters into that realm of kind of destiny and maybe dreams. And Yeah, absolutely. Now, one more test that we were talking about before we started this episode is the DISC test. Now you were helping me understand the DISC is less of a personality test and more of a behavioral test. Can you explain that? Yeah, well, um, DISC is very popular in the business world. Um, it's also popular in certain premarital uh, counseling stuff. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, so, um, so DISC, there's four different types. And when we say types and profiles, you can be a blend of things. You're not... It's not black and white necessarily. Um, you can be a percent of one and a percent of another, for example. But DISC, there's D for dominant, I for influential, S for steadiness, C for conscientious. I'm just going to point out that I'm really impressed that you remember that. <laughs> and um, But you may have heard of this in terms of animal types. Yes, this is how I know it. So the D, the dominant, is the lion figure. They're very action-oriented, results-focused, um, uh, and very assertive and quick moving. Um, I, influential, is the otter. 
They are the life of the party, lots of fun, very playful, um, also very assertive, but more people-focused than task-focused. Um, S for steadiness is the golden retriever. So you ask them, hey, where do you want to go to eat? And they tell you back, uh, I don't know, where do you want to go to eat? <laughs> because golden retrievers like to keep things steady and are often thinking about um, other people and what they want, um, which can be a huge strength. But of course, all of these, you know, can have certain. Oh yeah, I hate when I ask people that and they say, "Where do you want to go?" It's like, no, I asked you. And actually, a large proportion of the world is an S. Wow. Um, and then C is the conscientious. That's the beaver type. So very analytical, uh, work like task focused and um, reserved. Hmm. So they're very analytical. They make for great accountants, great. Uh, purchasing managers. I knew one once. Um, anyway. Daniel so, is a retriever beaver. Beaver retriever? Or a beaver yes, retriever. Beaver retriever. <laughs> That's right. So, um, but what, what I like about, okay, maybe I should say one thing I don't like about personality tests is that sometimes people will use it to label mm. others and to put them in a box when, um, I don't think that is appropriate or even necessarily fair. Um, I think instead, our understanding of our own personality and other other people's personality or even behavior should allow for us to love them and understand them more deeply. And you're getting into my first point of oh, why okay. <laughs> we should take personality tests in marriage. So that was the big question I was getting to after explaining personality tests. And just to clarify, there are so many more. Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, DISC, I know that those are not the only three. Um, I know there's got to be more out there. I also know that um, there's a whole personality type called the highly sensitive person, and I'm one of those people. And it's a it's a personality type all of its own. It's not a test that you take that labels you in ten different ways. It's one single personality type that is in addition to all these other personality types and. I am a one on the Enneagram and an ENFP on the Myers-Briggs and what am I? I'm an otter retriever on the disc and I am a highly sensitive person. Highly sensitive people are the ones who are really sensitive to tons of noise and they get startled really easily and they are the people who avoid scary movies because they just can't handle it. And that is totally me. And so anyways, what... Those are some examples of personality tests. Again, I highly recommend taking them. Take the paid versions because those are the ones that people have people have done the research and put the work into those. Um, but I want to talk about why it's important for a marriage to take these personality tests. And Daniel started to get into that. And I've broken it down into four reasons why. And the first reason why is that they help you understand yourself. And um, I believe that there's this whole concept in our society of self-awareness that's very skewed right now. Um, I think that society as a whole kind of is in the midst of this um, self-awareness movement, which I um, am writing about currently on my website. But um, there's this movement of understanding self, but there's a misunderstanding of what it means to be self-aware. And I really think that personality tests can help us understand ourselves, um, understand why we tick, why we get frustrated, why we're bothered by certain things, um, 
even what do you like, even our tendencies, our tendency, like my tendency is to want to go on a spontaneous adventure and understanding that I am an ENFP helps me understand that there's a reason why I can't handle the mundane all the time. There's a reason why I can only handle so much repetition and, um, for lack of a better phrase, boredom in my life. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's giving me the look of, yep, that's my wife. But these things are true for you too. There are things about being an INFJ that you understand more about yourself because of knowing that's your personality type. I think, yeah. So I think maybe one direction you were headed is that uh, self-awareness doesn't, that's not the end goal. It goes further than that. Yeah. Um, the more self-aware I am, the greater capability I should have to be able to keep my love on in the language of Danny Silk um, or uh, basically love others. Yeah. If I'm not self-aware, um, then I just don't have awareness for how I interact with other people and um, I'm less capable of giving in, receiving love. So in a marriage, it's extremely important that each person is very self-aware um, so that they can uh, know their own needs and communicate them and have them met and feel like they're met and vice versa to recognize the needs of their spouse and, um, you know, meet their spouse's needs. I actually wrote um, on a post that I'm scheduling out. I wrote today that you can only let others go so deep as you go with yourself. And so there's only going to be so much depth if you're not... Um, understanding yourself on a deep level. And um, Daniel went ahead and started touching on the next point, but the, the second reason why personality tests are so important in a marriage is because they help you understand your spouse. And so I know that recently, and I'm talking in the last month, um, I decided to bite the bullet and take the paid personality test from the Enneagram Institute to understand my personality once and for all, understand who I am. And I tested as a one and Daniel and I happened to go on a date that night. And it was the first date we've been on in a long time. And we decided to pull out the results that they sent me and read them. And we were reading the results of my oneness. (laughs) Um, That just reminds me of a really funny joke, but I won't say it on the podcast. Daniel's waving his hand like, please don't say that. Um, We decided to read these results, though, and we uh, were both, I mean, probably Daniel more than me, but we were just appalled at how accurate these results were um, about my personality and how much that these results that came from this test truly described me as a person. And I would say that that weekend, um, with Daniel understanding what my personality type was, I think that there was a distinct moment that weekend where he started to understand me more and we've been married. It's not like we just got married last weekend. We've been married, but the more you can understand through a personality test and understand about someone, I think the better. Oh yeah. And I think that, so each of the profiles, they, um, the clarity of the language in the profile can really provoke you to see things or understand things that you just didn't before. And that's what's so wonderful about taking different um, tests that are out there. Which, by the way, there are paid and unpaid versions. The unpaid versions may be 
lesser quality, but you can probably find one for all the different tests. Oh, I'm sure that you can. Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, I don't know if you remember that, but I remember you said something to me that weekend that was like, you understood a part of my personality that you had never understood before after, after taking that test and us really diving in and, and digging through all of that information about my personality. Well, I think one of the biggest things that, um, clicked for me that I saw with greater clarity is just the understanding of that inner critic that basically the uh, self-talk inside of, you know, your own head on a regular basis is one of um, always trying to uh, be better or maybe be perfect. But, um, and that, that helped me understand the moments in which uh, Lara's being hard on herself and what she's done isn't good enough. And she's always trying to be a little bit better or vice versa when what what I'm doing doesn't uh, seem good enough or that I could be doing even better, even when I'm doing well. Um, and so a one is someone, and I'm still learning what a one is, but a one is, some, a one is someone who can always make the people around them um, even better. Um, because which, there's always a better way to load the dishwasher, <laughs> which, which is my way. can be a tremendous strength. And it can also be a blind spot and weakness too. Um, and what's interesting about the Enneagram is, I don't know if I'm tangenting here too much, honey, but I know that it, for every number, there's an, a way in which that number can express itself in health and in unhealth. Is that the word they use? Um, so a very healthy one is a wonderful person. No pun intended, <laughs> which is true of all the numbers. But um, anyway, uh, there's no morality attached or good or badness attached to any of the personalities. No one is better than another. Um, there's wonderful people of all different personality types. It really comes down to how well we under um, are mature and healthy yeah. in our personality. Absolutely. And so as we understand these things about ourselves... Um, and understand these things about our spouse or about those around us, but really we're, we're focusing on our spouse, but, um, it really helps us to going into my third point. It really helps us to understand our chemistry. And one thing that Daniel and I were talking about before we started this episode is the fact that oftentimes when people hear the word chemistry, they think like, Oh, they have so much chemistry. You think of it as like this romantic, sensual, sexual, intimate thing to have chemistry, but the reality is that there's also bad chemistry. And there are definitely, without a doubt, times in marriage where you clash with your spouse. 100%. Daniel and I are madly in love, totally crazy about each other, but we clash sometimes. And I think that one of the most helpful things about personality tests is that they can really help you understand why you clash with your spouse. They can help you understand why your spouse ticks, why you tick, and why there are things that cause you to rub each other the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's definitely been helpful for us, understanding, oh, like it actually really, like one thing that's very characteristic of a one is that, and I think it says this in the description, ones want the kitchen to be clean the moment dinner is over. Ones are the people who just don't, don't have a high tolerance for mess um, in their homes. And uh, I think that Daniel understanding that about me, that it's not just me being nitpicky, 
but that it's actually, um, and that's a highly sensitive person, pers- um, highly sensitive person personality trait as well. I just actually found that out yesterday. I haven't even told you about this, but it's a, it's very characteristic of the highly sensitive person that they are very overwhelmed by clutter, chaos, mess. And so anyways, I'm saying all that to say that for Daniel to understand those things about me and to understand that um, it's not just me being nitpicky, but that it's actually a part of how I'm wired, I think is very helpful for our marriage. Yeah, I know that um, I can share. I learned a lot from the disc, actually, in this area. Um, so the, the D's and the I's, or excuse me, i got to keep this straight. So my wife is a high I. She's an otter. Um, she's the life of the party when she wants to be. Thank you, thank you. And um, she shows it through her face, meaning she's very expressive, very happy. It um, Even as you listen to my voice on this podcast compared to her voice, um, I willfully use, I move my voice more because we're on a podcast but normally, as an S, an, an introvert, I'm kind of more monotone. And so I'm less expressive. So um, one of the th- those differences can play out in our uh, chemistry, um, such that if there's times when we're trying to c- communicate, that when I'm not wearing a smile on my face, Laura will feel like I'm not happy or even that I'm upset. And I may not actually be upset, I'm just not showing it through my face because I'm a high S and SC. Those are my, you know, top two. Um, but being a high I, uh, she interprets a connection with me when I'm expressive. And so this may sound um, kind of dumb, but when I come home from work, um, when I walk through the door, if I walk through the door with a smile, I'm going to connect with her. And if I don't, it's not that I can't or won't connect with her, but um, anyway, there's there, those differences in behavior um, can help or harm our connection in the moments when it really counts. And when uh, we're having an argument or whatever, these things play into it too. Mm. Um, and it's good to have self-awareness to just recognize that okay, I'm not going to read into the behavior that I see in my spouse because that's just how they're wired. That's just how they behave. Um, and there's not meanness behind it. Um, Daniel's face is just not expressive. And that doesn't mean that he's not excited, for example. Yeah, we're still working on this one. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. this is definitely a good example. So again, that doesn't, with all of these, I'm also not saying like before that I get to be defensive um, in my own profile and say that, you know, deal with it. This is how I am and I'm not going to change, right? Um, because if I'm mature, then I can learn how to, um, you know, connect because that's really the goal in our Absolutely. relationship. And so again, the more we understand our personality, understand our spouse's personality, then it helps us to be able to, to look at things like that for him to look at me and go, okay, I recognize about her personality that this is what she needs. And then the same for me to recognize about his personality. Daniel is, um, he's a nine on the Enneagram and nines tend to need a little bit more time to do things, a little bit more space. Nines might take half an hour longer to do one task than a one would or than a seven would. 
Um, and that's just who they are. It doesn't mean that they're lazy. And I think that that's been a really huge one for us in our marriage is Daniel doesn't want to be thought of as lazy and, um, rightfully so no one should be labeled as lazy. Um, I, as a one and as a perfectionist in a lot of ways, um, I do have a tendency to get frustrated if people are moving too slow or if they're not getting things done or if they're taking their time. And so for me, understanding and researching the nine on the Enneagram is very helpful for me to recognize, okay, my husband's not lazy. He's wired different than I am Um, because we do things in a different order, don't you think? Like there are just ways in which I think like, no, this is how you prioritize things. And then there are ways in which you prioritize things. And so for me to look at your personality type and to understand that you being different than me doesn't mean you're lazy is a good thing for our marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Those differences, understanding those differences can really help us um, connect and understand each other better. Absolutely. And the final point I want to talk about with why personality tests are important for marriage is that our personalities, um, although permanent, how we express our personalities can change. And understanding our personalities can help us understand one another as our marriage is changing. Um, I think that understanding permanent pieces of our personality and ways that we are wired can really help us as we navigate different seasons in our marriage in which different things are changing. Maybe we're stressed, we're overwhelmed, we're exhausted, but understanding who we are at the core and why we do things the way that we do them um, can help us really navigate those seasons. Yeah, I'd say that's definitely true. And I've heard that from um, multiple people, some of them quite a bit older than me as well, that you go through different seasons and you just come to have, hopefully, a deeper understanding of yourself and how you're wired. And hopefully we're always continually learning about ourselves and also about um, our spouses. Um, and so whether you call it change or whether you call it um, no understanding yourself or your spouse or your spouse more deeply, uh, yes, that's super important within marriage. That's so good. And then two things just before we sign off for today, and Daniel touched on them both a little bit already, not knowing that they were coming at the end, but um, two things I wanted to really touch on is that one, it's important to never put your spouse in a box um, with their personality type. It's um, personality tests are only beneficial when you use them to understand one another and not to label one another. And then the second thing that Daniel talked about a tiny bit as well is that remember that your personality type is not an excuse. So you don't get a ticket to just say, well, that's just how I am if you're being a jerk. Um, it's, it's not an excuse for our behavior, but rather understanding your personality type should simply do that. It should help you understand your behavior, but not, not necessarily justify your behavior. Right. So, um, if ever, you find yourself using a personality knowledge of someone's test results or profile, whatever. If ever you find yourself using that to hold something against them, um, then you're missing the point. Uh, because really, the strength of these tests is for us to learn how to love people better, not to put them in a box, 
to label them with their behavior or shortcomings or whatever, uh, but rather to recognize how we can better interact and better love that person. Absolutely. And just remember that you can um, check out any of these tests. Like Daniel said, there's definitely free versions. Um, I personally highly recommend if you're taking the Enneagram to take the paid version at the Enneagram Institute. You can just look that up. Um, I know there's free versions and paid versions of the Myers-Briggs test. Um, highly recommend taking them, understanding yourself, take them with your spouse, make a date night out of it. Um, but do whatever you have to do to really understand one another's personality types. And that is all we have for you on this episode of the Messy Life Podcast. We hope that you guys will tune in next week. Um, we just love talking to you. So again, tune in next week. And remember that you can always find more authentic conversations at cleanchefmessymom.com.